good morning, everyone. Almost good afternoon here to you. Happy New Year. It is so great to be able to gather together to be with you, to celebrate this new year, and to share some things that I feel like God has put in my heart and my spirit for us as a church and what we are going to be looking forward to in this coming year. But before we start today, I feel like it's appropriate to uh, take a moment and do something here. Many of you know that in our city um, that there was a, a police officer that was slain in a hit and run accident a couple nights ago. And I just want to uh, for us to take a moment of silence for him. His name was Constable Andrew Harnett, as well as just for everybody that is a first responder, that we would just take this moment to recognize that. So if you would just take a moment of silence here, I think it would be appropriate. Thank you. I'm going to pray here. Father, today, Lord Jesus, we just want to say thank you for the freedoms that we are able to participate in in this great country. And Lord, we thank you for those who, Lord Jesus, who give their lives to protect us. Lord, we pray especially for the Harnett family, God, that you would comfort them and give them peace in this season. But Lord, I also pray a hedge of protection over all of our police officers, over all of our firemen, Lord, all of our EMTs. Lord, I pray protection over those who work in the healthcare industry. Lord, that are on the front lines doing the things that need to be done in order to keep us safe and healthy. So Lord, we just pray that you would watch over them and protect them and give them your grace today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm sure many of you are incredibly happy that 2020 is behind you. <laughs> and I can't say that I blame you. I do not believe any of us could have predicted at the beginning of the year 2020 how, or at the beginning of the year how 2020 was going to shape up. Uh, at, at last, as last year ended and a new year has begun, I think it's important to, to kind of take a look and reflect and evaluate whether or not uh, we accomplished things that we thought we would whether or not we were able to uh, grow in areas that we thought we'd grow, the, the, the current state of our, our health, which is both our physical, emotional, relational, and even our spiritual life. When we come to the end of the year, it gives us a chance to not only reflect on what has been, but where we believe God is wanting to take us. Now today, uh, we will not be doing a typical New Year's message on how to set and accomplish goals to make 2021 the best year ever. Have you ever noticed that everybody claims that 20, the next year is going to be better than the year before? I mean, it's our hope. It's our desire. Um, and, and the reality of it is that if we were to have said that at the beginning of last year, you would be like, that is not how it ended up, right? Um, who could have imagined what 2020 was going to be like the, the way that it all occurred. If I would have told you the things that we would have experienced at the beginning uh, of 20, uh, uh, in the year 2020, you would have said I was crazy. But today what we're going to do is we're going to look at, the, take a reflection on the state of the church and make some declarations where I believe 
God is leading us this year. And I want to say this not to make light of the challenges that all of us have faced, but I want to declare to you that this is a great season of opportunity. Well, what do I mean by that? So what am I talking about? Have I gone crazy? Well, even though 2020 was a year of incredible chaos, I want to make this statement to you that chaos creates opportunity. Chaos creates opportunity. Just many times, not the opportunities that we were expecting. Let me give you an example. As I was praying in the fall of 2019, I was actually, it was about October, I was worshiping the Lord in a church service just like we had today. And God told me, he put something in my heart, he says, by this time next year, the church is going to look completely different. Now, when I heard that, my idea of different and the different that actually occurred, who here knows, were two different things. You know, I, I was thinking God was going to do something amazing, and I'll, and I'll share this. You know, we'd been through a few years as a church leading into 2020 of financial challenges. We actually had to lay off a few staff members. It was painful. It was not something I enjoyed being a part of. We'd seen people come and people go through people going home to be with Jesus, job opportunities that were taking them in other places, and some feeling that just the grass would be greener at another church. It happens. And then there were the personal challenges that you face, and it, was a, it had been a really challenging time. And when I heard this word in my heart, my, I believe that the different God, different that God was talking about for me would be a returning of lost things. People, provisions, and even platform. And I, when I talk about the word platform, I'm referring to the, the church having greater influence, that, that we'd be able to reach more people, touch more people, impact more people. And so with this thought, I believe that 2020 was going to be, and I shared this at the beginning of last year, a type of a year of jubilee. And that's what I believed was going to happen. And so, well, what does that mean when I talk about a, a year of jubilee? For some of you, you may understand that. For others of you, that might be something that you haven't heard before. But jubilee in the Old Testament with the nation of Israel was a, a celebration that happened every 50 years. And what was interesting about the celebration, it was, it was a, a time where there was a, a returning of lost things, a returning of, of, of the property inheritance if they had lost it through uh, debts or, or, or things that they had run into. It was also the forgiveness of debt. If you owed somebody something in that year, everything was returned to you. It was a release from slavery. Uh, for those who had come into being slaves because of the servitude, they were released from it. And it was a time for the land still to rest again. It was a Sabbath of Sabbath, because if you understand how the Jewish calendar worked, every seven years, they were to let the land rest from growing crops and producing things, and just give it unto the Lord. And then on the 50th year, it was a Sabbath of Sabbaths. And here's how I believe that what we were going to see. I believe that we were going to see the auditorium filled, that the altars were going to be full, that the prodigals we're coming home and the power of the Holy Spirit was going to be manifested through salvations, healings, and deliverance, and all those positive things that went through my mind. Never in a million years 
what I think the difference was going to be a global pandemic that would shut everything down for a couple months and even impact how we do most things for almost a year here. I never believed that the church would move to an online platform and in-person attendance would be limited. I, I couldn't believe it. That we would see businesses shut down, travel would be restricted, and that we could face fines for even gathering together as families. I could have never pictured that in my mind. So if you would have explained that to me, that that's how things are going to be a year ago, I would have told you you were crazy. And you probably would have told me I was crazy as well if I shared that. But here's what I realize as I've reflected on some things as we're, as we're heading into this 2021 year, is that what I heard from God was, it was true, but filtered through my own limited understanding. You see, it had some elements of a year of jubilee like nothing I'd ever experienced before, and that there was rest in certain areas and a return. You see, for the first time in history, that, or the history of my life, some of the most important things that we have were, were shut down. They were, they were made to rest. Sporting events, uh, hockey games, football games, all of that stuff ceased to, to happen for a season. Entertainment, like concerts and productions and, and even movies being released, it didn't happen. It all went to the background. Cultural events, like the Stampede, which I love to participate in each and every year. And even things like Easter and Mother's Day, were either, they were either eliminated or celebrated much differently. Our school shut down for the first time ever. And I know my kids were celebrating in the beginning, but realized after a while that they missed their friends and even trying to study without having that discipline in their, their, their life was a bit difficult. Even the financial industries stop for those moments, for those, that time. And I, I'm not talking about just lost business. Everything shut down, including large gatherings, church services, people coming together. Now, I know we can focus, and there has been a lot of things that have been very difficult and challenging, but there were also some positives, because here's what we have to understand when we look at what God does, what the enemy means for evil. When we have the right perspective, God turns it for our good. You see, there was a return to a simpler way of life. People discovered family again, being together, spending time together. It wasn't whether they discovered it, they were kind of forced to. I saw people begin to look at the needs of those around them organically finding what was going on with your neighbors and your friends and making sure they were okay and, and, and just pausing from the, the daily routines of life to actually care for one another. We found new ways to do life and community, ways to connect, creative ways. But most importantly, it pushed those with faith to be totally dependent upon God and not institutions. And I believe this, for those who have eyes of faith, for those who are believers, it was not a time of judgment, but a time of refinement, which leads us into 2021. You see, what I thought was a year of jubilee was actually the beginning 
of a move of God. There was a shifting that was going on, not only in our government, not only in our governments and our society, but I believe there's a shifting that's, that started in 2020 that's a move of God that will impact the whole earth. A great move of God that is arising. Why? Because the, the, the righteous remnant of, remnant of God or what we would call the ecclesia, is actually beginning to come together in ways of unity that it never has in the history that I, that since I've been alive. Those who have labored in prayer, trusted in God, and have leaned into the Holy Spirit, I believe are about to be rewarded. And this is not only my word, but the word of the Lord through people that I respect, people that have spoken prophetically for over decades are saying the same thing all around the world. You see, God's works, God works and establishes new things in the midst of chaos. Genesis 1.1, the Bible says, in the beginning, the earth was formless and void. In other translations, that word formless and void could be interpreted chaos. And God spoke and there was creation. It came out of his word. You see, amid chaos and confusion, I want to declare something to you today for those who will receive it. You were born for such a time as this. You are not here by accident. You are not just meant to be in a place where you kind of hold on and pray and hope that you survive until Jesus either returns or, or something happens in your life. That God has a reason and a purpose that you are alive and living in this season and this time on the earth. You're here to participate in what I believe one of the most exciting times in history and those who have ears to hear, I believe God is calling you that you're going to go from being a survivor to one of those who is a conqueror. As we are talking about on our series here, kings and warriors, or you could say queens and warriors, reclaiming lost ground, that there are things that have been taken from us that we are called to reclaim as followers of Jesus Christ. I believe you're placed by God in this time, in this season, to do two things. First of all, to be an agent of change, to be somebody who God uses to bring change to people and the situations that are all around you. But you're also placed by God in this season to witness the mighty and awesome hand of God as he begins to express and pour out his glory upon the earth. I say this, what is Impossible for man is possible with God. And that's what our theme in East, at Eastside is going to be for 2020, that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. I pray that God will put that into your spirit. Now, I want to share a story that, that, that goes with what I'm talking about, that you were born for such a time as this. It comes out of the book of Esther. You see, in Esther, we have the story of a girl who was orphaned, who became queen of the most powerful kingdom on the planet at that time, the Medes and the Persians. Esther was a young woman who in a, came about in a time of 
chaos rose to a place of influence and authority. We're going to be talking about this in the coming weeks, that God has given each and every one of you his authority to be those who bring heaven down to earth. But what we see in this story, that there was an enemy that had risen within the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians, and his name was Haman. Now, Haman was a a, a popular man. He was a sneaky man. He was a conniving man. He was part of the inner ruling circle. But more than that, he was King Xerxes' most trusted advisor. He had the king's ear. And because of an offense with Esther's uncle, Mordecai, Haman had devised a scheme not only to remove Mordecai, but to remove his people, the Jews, from the kingdom. And so a law was passed that on a certain date, he connived with King Xerxes, that a law would be passed on a certain date and all of the Jews would be exterminated and those who participated would be rewarded with property and money. And so we're going to pick up this story. I've given you some background. In Esther chapter 4, starting in verse 6, it says this, and I'm going to read a little bit of text here today, so just bear with me because it will set the stage for the rest of what I feel like God wants me to share with you today. So Hathak went to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him everything that had happened to him, including the exact amount of money Haman had promised to pay into the royal treasury for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the text for the, uh, for the edict for their annihilation, which had been published in Susa to show to Esther and explain it to her. And he told him to instruct her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and to plead with him for the people. Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said. Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, all the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the golden scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he went back, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your family will perish. And who knows but what you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go and gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me, Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. There's a lot in there. One of the things for me in my life that I do not enjoy doing very often is going shopping. 
Uh, I try to avoid that. Uh, I know for some people you are energized by it. It encourages you. It strengthens you. Um, and you enjoy doing that. But when I go, I like to make it as quick and painless as possible. Uh, I try to get in and I try to get out. Now, going to the mall is uh, one of the most overwhelming things for me to do in my life. I don't like being there with the massive amounts of people, uh, all the stores. So one of the things that helps me make it as quick and painless as possible are those store locators. When I'm looking for something where I haven't been there, they have the map that, 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 that you can either punch in or it used to be it was just a, a chart that was there. But one of the things that's on that map is it says you are here so you know where your location is in relation to where you want to go. I believe when it comes to our lives, it's not only important to know where you are, but why you are here. And here's why this is important in this season. As I shared at the beginning, I want to remind you, you are here for such a time as this. You are here for this time right now. Nothing God does is without a plan. He has a plan for you in this season in fact, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And he goes on to talk about that they're for, they're your, for your good, they're for your benefit, they're for his, but they're also for his purpose. And I believe right now that we need to understand that we are here in this time because God wanted each one of us here at this time, that he wants you for this specific season and this specific time. He's placed you where you're at. You're living right now because you are needed in this season. And I believe somebody needs to hear that today. That you are needed in this season. That there are people that need you. That God needs you. That, that there are things that you are called to do. And he's placed you here so that you can be a difference maker. That you can make a difference. I shared a couple months ago in a message that even though the times have changed, even though that we're, we're living where there's all sorts of challenges around us in this COVID season, that, that, that even though the times have changed, our mission has not changed. What God has called us to do hasn't changed. That you're strategically placed right now in this season for such a time as this. You're in the right family. Because you have great opportunities from where you live, where you work, where you study, where you, uh, you, you, who your neighbors are. Because God wants to use you to influence people and influence our community. You see, this season was not meant to break you, but to make you a champion for the cause of Christ. We, why? We've we, we got to remind ourselves this. There are people who need to experience and hear about the saving and life-changing message of Jesus right now. I say this, for those who do not have Jesus, they have much to fear. But God has given us an opportunity to show them who Jesus really is. God has a plan. You're here for such a time as this. But as I shared earlier, you're also here to have a front row seat to see the power of God manifested in the earth today. 
What a privilege to see, to be a part of seeing the glory of God released. And I believe this, that God is about to release his power in miraculous ways. And I say that it's more than revival. Again, we're the lost believers come back to life, where they come back to Christ. But I believe we're on the verge or we're in the process of starting a great awakening where non-believers become followers of Jesus. And then if we dive in, we'll lead to reformation in our nation where God changes who controls the pillars of society. And I'm talking about education, entertainment, media, government, finances, family, and religion. You see, God has called us not just to see people saved, but he's called us to see our nation change into who God's called it to be. And I'm believing that we're going to see people that are going to rise up that will have influence in these great, these places where we need to see godly influence come to be. Many of us, I believe, need our perspective change. We need to see things differently. Last weekend, the family and I went to Canmore for a little getaway. And we got this, this, uh, this time, uh, this uh, kind of more of a condo-like unit. It was a two-story that we had, two bedrooms. It was for, and, and it was great. For the most part, we, we, we just stayed inside. That was our plan. We did what you do when you kind of have those trips. Lots of eating, playing games, talking, watching movies. It was good fun. However, on the last day, we decided to go for a walk around the town. And again, if you haven't been to Canmore, most of you probably have. We live so close to it in the Rocky Mountains. I mean, it has breathtaking beauty. It's surrounded by the Rocky Mountains on every part of it, snow-capped peaks, which if we would have just stayed inside the whole time, we would have missed seeing the incredible beauty that it had. Here's what I believe, that many times we miss great things in life because we see it only from a limited perspective. We listen to the, 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 the natural filters of the news, the media, and what they're telling us, or the opinions of our friends and our neighbors, or, or we, we, we look at our circumstances in life, and we, we only see that, but God sometimes wants us to step back and see the awesomeness of who he is. And I believe this God is about to turn your chaos into incredible opportunities. I declare that in 2021, just like Esther, you're here for such a time as this. But in order to experience this, in order for us to fully be able to be who God's called us to be, we need more courage in our lives. You see, turning chaos, chaos into opportunities requires great courage. I look at this story of Esther for her to save her people, she had to take great risk. Even though she was the queen, she could not approach the king without being summoned. And if she did, she could lose her life. I love what she said. When this is done, I will go to the king even though it's against the law. And if I perish, I perish. She was willing to take risk to do what God had called her to do. It takes courage to live with faith, especially in a season like we're living in today. 
Here's what I understand, though. As a people, we look to avoid risk. (laughs) We try to minimize the things that could cause us any challenges. And Jesus knew that, that living for him, living the life that he's called us to do would be challenging. And in Luke 9, 24, he made this statement, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. One of the things I observe in Christendom today is that many try to serve Jesus hoping to avoid cost or sacrifice. I want Jesus in my life. I, I want the rewards that he, that he wants to give me, but, but I want to do it where it's, you know, I, I kind of keep things really simple and clean. And we battle, we all battle to die to ourselves, which is a requirement for being a disciple. We forget that many times. You see, comfort and safety can become enemies to impact. And it requires great courage to be a difference maker. One of the things I believe the church has lacked recently is courage. The courage to stand for truth. The courage to say no to compromise. The courage to do what's right, even when it's not popular. The courage to lay down our lives for the sake of the gospel. God spoke to me recently and said, Todd, as a pastor, as a leader, you need more courage. He said, you need more courage. Why? So you you can help the people that are around you have more courage. They need more courage too. I believe most of us want to see God moved by his spirit. We want to see God do great things. We want to see people come to Christ. It's in our heart. It's our desire. We want to see people healed, delivered, and set free. We want to see changes happen in our society. We want to see more godly, righteous people come to places of authority and power. But the question is, are we willing to get involved and make the sacrifice? How did Esther get courageous? Well, Esther received her courage and greater courage through prayer and fasting. She asked Mordecai and the people to pray and fast with her for three days. And I think we need to continually seek God. I believe as we start 2021, we need to get more into God's word. That's why we're doing the Discover Jesus Challenge for the next 90 days starting tomorrow, where you can read a chapter of the Bible every day, have a devotional. But I think you need to dive into prayer. We need to make prayer more of an emphasis. And that we're going to talk about even having a time of fasting, that we need to give up some things, to sacrifice some things, whether it's you know, eating food for a few days or it's, it's uh, getting rid of media or whatever it is, there's a lot of things that we can do just so that we can get strengthened from God to hear his voice more clearly. But I want to say this to you that I believe we've got to be careful with this because prayer without action can become meaningless. <laughs> And I never want to discount the power of prayer because James said this in in, in James 2.17, faith without works is dead. What he's saying is that there needs to be action not only to what we do, how we live, but the way in that we pray, but there also needs to be a corresponding response to say, God, what do you want me to do? 
Because I believe this, God will never do for us what he's asked us to do for him. I'm going to say that again. God will never do for us what he's asked us to do for him. We pray to get the strength, but we still need to do what he's called us to do. You see, you can say to your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, I love you. But if you don't show them love through your actions, your words become meaningless. And I believe this, we need Esther's and Mordecai's to rise up in this season to be people that God says, you are here for such a time as this. Now I want to end with this story here. I want to end with what ended up happening here. And if in Esther 5, verse 12, we see that Haman eventually, God turned some things around on him. He had a plan that he thought he was going to be successful in. And I want to share this in, Haman, in Esther 5, verse 12. It says, then Haman added, that's not all. Queen Esther invited me, invited only me and the king himself to a banquet she prepared for us. And she has invited me to dine with her again and the king again tomorrow. But here's what I want you to see. Then he added, but this is all worth nothing as long as I see Mordecai the Jew just sitting there at the palace gate. So Haman's wife, Zeresh, and all his friends suggested, set up a sharpened pole that stands 75 feet tall and in the morning ask the king to impale Mordecai on it. When this is done, you can go on your merry way to the banquet with the king. This pleased Haman, and he ordered the pole set up. In this story, Haman thought he had a foolproof plan to destroy not only Mordecai, but the Jews. But what he was not aware of was that God's hand was upon Mordecai and the Jewish people. And he ended up overplaying his hand in the end, setting a trap for himself. And we know if you read the story further on that eventually the poles that he set up to impale his enemies, he was impaled on them himself. He constructed them for his own destruction. With COVID and the challenges we've all faced, the devil, the enemy, thinks he has won, but reality has set a trap for himself. I want you to know as we begin 2021, many of you have been battling through things. You've been challenged with things. You've been working through some things. And I want you to know today that the enemy that thought he was going to be able to destroy you, that he was going to be able to stop God moving in the church, that actually what he's done is that God is about to destroy your enemy today. The plans of the enemy against your family are about to be uncovered and justice is about to be exposed. The things the enemy has meant to stop the church are going to go back and on his head. I believe we're going to see a new righteousness begin to fill the earth as we begin to stand for the things of God. That those injustices, the corruption, the things that we're frustrated with as we stand for him, God is about to expose it by his mighty hand. That God is going to help you where you need help. And it, he thought he could stop you and that he could stop the church, but he will not be allowed to do it. I believe this, nothing will stop us unless we allow it to. 
So I say this, get ready to see the mighty hand of God move in your life, in your family, in the church, and in the nations of the earth. If Catherine can come up here today, we're going to close. I believe God wants to prepare each and every one of us to, that we're going to see God's glory. That as we say for 2021, nothing is impossible for God. I want to declare to you, think expansion, not restriction. Think harvest, not famine. Think about his presence, not loneliness. Think in terms of your authority, not in your limitations. I declare good things over you today by the power of God. I declare good things over your family, that God is going to do good through you and your family, that you are a king and you are a queen today, that God has brought you here for such a time as this to rule in whatever environment he has called you to walk in, that you are called to be a leader wherever you're at, that you are a mighty warrior. And there are some things that God is, do, is getting ready to do that we're called to reclaim we're called to reclaim lost territory. And so today, Father God, we pray, Father God, for your presence and your Holy Spirit, Jesus. God, I pray today, Father, for those who need victory in their life. Lord, I pray, Father God, for those who, you, who have been battling with things that, that have been challenging them and have been, and have been and keeping them held back from what you've called them to be. Lord, I pray that you would give them victory today. Lord, I pray for healing, for those who need healing in their physical bodies, Father God. I pray against those things that are trying to hinder them and harm them. I pray for healing of people's minds and their hearts. I pray for healing of people's emotions, God, that you would touch them in a powerful way today. Lord, I speak against even the curse of cancer, Father God. I rebuke that disease in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm believing, Father God, that we're going to see people healed in the name of Jesus this year. Lord, I pray, Father God, for your presence to fill our lives. Oh, Father God, I pray for that person, God, right now that has just experienced some hearing loss, God, that you would touch their ear, that you would heal them, Father God, you'd heal that eardrum that has been wounded. Lord, there's restoration, I declare it coming. Lord, for those who need deliverance, Lord, who've been battling through things, have been battling through addiction, that have been battling, Father God, through all sorts of things that have, that have, that have, just hindered them, Lord, I pray that you would set them free that have been, Lord, just in, in, bat, in battle by the enemy, God. I pray the blood of Jesus over them today. But Lord, I also declare salvation for those who need relationship with you. Lord, I declare that this year would be a year of salvation. And I pray that for anybody that's here today that's listening to my voice that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to live in worry. You can have the one who is the comforter, who brought peace. It comes through giving your life to Jesus, letting him be the center of your life. And if you're listening online or you're even here today, 
and you want Jesus, I just pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I confess that I've sinned. I ask you to forgive me, to free me. Help me to become like you. I thank you for your death, burial, and resurrection. And I receive your free gift of eternal life. We thank you, Father, today for that. I pray for those who've made that declaration today that you would let somebody know God is here to set you free. And I pray for everybody here that is listening to my voice that God is going to give you greater freedom this year. Just begin to, in your own heart this year, ask God to give you that freedom today. Ask God to give you that peace today, that God is with you, that 2021, he's gonna take the chaos and turn it into incredible opportunities because you are here for such a time as this. God bless you today. I wanna thank you for coming and being a part of what's happening today. I wanna encourage you that, that, that tomorrow to tap into our Discover Jesus, that so you can go on our, our, our website, but it's gonna be at Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, it's all gonna be there that you can join with us, read together, pray together with us. Tomorrow night we have prayer from 7.30 to 8.30 on Zoom. If you want to join us online, you can do that. And, and then again, I'm just believing God's going to bless you as you go forward this year. And if you'd like to receive uh, some personal prayer before you go here today, myself and a few others will be at the front uh, if you'd like to pray. But for the rest of you, again, God bless you. Have a great 2021 and Happy New Year to you.